I'm Daryl Baskin. You're listening to the future of real estate on your home for success. 105.7. Remember to find your next home at homeguidetulsa.com. One address, thousands of homes, homeguidetulsa.com. Who else should be on the title of your property? Jeremy Mix with Integrity Title and Closing, integritytitleandclosing.com. Jeremy, you bring up an interesting point where people feel like they may be protecting themselves by adding someone else to the title or ownership of their property, real estate, but they could be creating a giant mess. Under what circumstances is it good or not such a great idea? I don't know that it's ever necessarily a, a good situation. <laughs> no. uh, and here we and, got, and is- by the way, I've got to say you are uh, my title attorney. So that's, I didn't, I did not say that. You're the guy that looks at all of these messes uh, yes. when, when we've created them. What, what we were talking about was the transfer on debt deeds. And I had mentioned that how this arose probably was because a lot of older people start planning for their demise and they want their children or somebody to get their property. So what they always ask is, can I add them to my deed? And that was the way they used to do it. They would uh, deed their property from themselves to themselves and then add their children so that then maybe three people are entitled. And as soon as they've done that, you put three people with an interest in that property and if one of them has uh, credit issues or bad debts or files bankruptcy or goes through a nasty divorce, all of a sudden your property becomes a part of all those estates that you know needs to be dealt with, and you could end up losing uh, a part of your property to you know so, someone that you didn't want to. That's what the benefit of a transfer on death would be. The property does not transfer until death. Therefore, whoever you're giving it to has zero interest in that property until that time. And you talked about that could be revoked at any time and only goes into effect when you die. So that son-in-law or daughter-in-law that divorces your son or daughter that you never liked in the first place, by the way, can't claim that their ownership of of your property through that title when you added them there, which they were never supposed to get any piece of it anyway, right? And yet that divorce can lay claim to, or that creditor that came out of the bankruptcy can lay claim to your property and you were only doing it to protect yourself. Yes. Well, you were wanting your children to have your property or you're wanting someone to have your property if something happened to you. And what could happen is you end up losing your property yourself. (laughs) I was going to say, something happened to you, all right. You ended up in a big old mess. And that's when the transfer of deed a transfer of death deed came about, but we didn't used to use these a long time ago. I, they, this is a relatively recent phenomenon. Uh, that's an old timer talking. They, they, these transfer on death deeds. Oklahoma created a statute for these in, I believe, two thousand and eight. Obviously, that didn't take hold very quickly, and not many people knew about them. Uh, but now they're becoming more and more popular, and we've had some cases involving these. So we've kind of ironed out all of the kinks and how to deal with them properly as far as if I do a transfer on debt deed naming two people, the question before was if, if one person signs the affidavit, is that good for both of the people? And some said yes and some said no. And now we have determined that if I give my property to two other people upon death, both of those people have to accept that property in order for uh, them to properly get the uh, property. 
Otherwise, if only one accepts the property, the other half goes into probate for the original owner and has to be determined at that time who gets that property. It can become a big mess. Well, you can talk about this from an angle that I think most of us would be like, well, why in the world wouldn't you accept the property? That's like free money. But there are circumstances where you might not want to accept the property. What would those be? Sometimes the properties are absolute disasters and probably become more of a liability than an asset. Um, if it's an older property that hasn't been maintained or taken care of, if the owner was sick for many years and didn't live in the property and it became dilapidated, you may have no interest in that property and that's why you wouldn't claim it. Uh, sometimes you just may have financial issues yourself and if the house has a mortgage on it, you, you can't take on that responsibility. Uh, if, there's, if there's no value to the house and you're getting it, uh, you may not want it. So you would end up just letting the bank foreclose or do whatever they do on that property. But if, if you were going to get some kind of value out of the property, then you probably would go ahead and you know, file the affidavit and accept the property and list it for sale. The bank would get their money if there's a mortgage on it, and you would get the balance of whatever's left and go about your merry way. Talking about title insurance, Jeremy Mix with Integrity Title and Closings, title insurance, I want to change the subject just a little bit. What okay. is the difference between owners and lenders' title coverage? Lenders protects the lenders uh, to the amount of their mortgage. Which is decreasing. issues arise. As the mortgage is paid off, that policy coverage decreases, correct? Yes. So the longer you intend to... First of all, the more you're going to put down and the longer you intend to own the property, the more important or the more valuable owner's coverage becomes, correct? Correct. And the cost of adding that additional owner's coverage through the process of a purchase is about what? Is there a good rule of thumb? I don't know. There's not a rule of thumb. Uh, it's just a mathematical formula. But... To add, if your lender is already getting a policy, to add a policy for yourself isn't that much more. So it's worth jumping on board and going ahead and getting a policy and protecting yourself. Uh, and that's where the owner's policy kicks in. If that, if there's a title issue that cannot be resolved, you will be made whole. Uh, so whatever you paid for the property, you'll get your money back. Uh, if it's something that can't be resolved or fixed, so generally all these issues can be fixed uh, through courts, uh, legal processes. And if you have owner's insurance, the insurance company does all of that for you. Uh, you're, you're not out anything. Uh, if you have to be displaced for any reason, they'll pay for your hotel expenses, just like insurance for a car. If you think of like if you wrecked your car and you had insurance, they pay to fix it and they pay uh, to give you a car until yours is fixed. Except this is a one-time Fee, not a monthly. I mean, you're just buying it when you close on the property. And perhaps that's the greatest security is that if the title insurance company was willing to issue a binder on that on that abstract and that title, the, the review by the attorney, then they've done the review to make sure that they're not going to have to pay out anything or it's highly unlikely that they're going to need to pay out, which is your best protection and why it's a relatively affordable policy. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Well, good to talk to you again. Jeremy Mix, IntegrityTitleAndClosing.com. All right. Thanks, Daryl. You're listening to The Market Experts Show with EXP Realty. I'm Daryl Baskin.